May the meditations of my heart and the words of my lips be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Who are your heroes? Who do you look up to and seek to admire in your lives? Of course, athletes and movie stars are common folks who we would look up to. And usually we admire them for their talents and their skills. But although sometimes perhaps they'd prefer to be admired for more than just that, in this age of everything, everyone being an influencer, but like it or not, we are an easily influenced people by who our heroes are. That's why in God's holy church, we celebrate these feast days when we admire past saints of the faith. So that in our admiring of their life of faith lived towards glory of God in Christ Jesus, we may be also influenced by them and emulate glory, God's glory that they emulated in their lives. And today, we celebrate St. Barnabas because he is a hero of the faith. And so imagine with me for a second, if instead of looking up to and admiring people like Michael Jordan or Patrick Mahomes, sorry dad, and George Clooney, instead of admiring those people, we admired someone who truly built up the kingdom of God. Instead of our conversations and our time being consumed by last night's game or who played what in the latest movie or what award that they received from such a role, we talk of a different kind of hero, a hero of faith, who we look up to and admire because they have done something truly beneficial for God's kingdom, and that lasts for eternity. A work that wells up for some souls into the eternal graces of Christ in heaven. Would viewing church saints this way and paying attention to them whenever they come up, would that influence your life? I think... It would. So may we learn from Barnabas' Christian example, not exalting him to some divine untouchable status, not saying that he never sinned, but may we learn from his goodness that we may learn to exercise our faith to benefit Christ's holy, eternal kingdom. That's a sort of hero whose work is worth engaging in. So who was Barnabas? What does he teach us in our faith, and what should we emulate? Well, quite simply, Barnabas was an advocate for others. In his advocacy for others, he teaches us something of extreme importance for the Christian community that we should advocate for each other. And he teaches us to be a faithful witness 
against any oppositions. And as our text from Acts describes Barnabas, he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, full of faith. And surely we see that being played out all throughout Barnabas' life as he constantly advocates for others to benefit God's kingdom. The first we hear of Barnabas is in Acts chapter 4, where he is an advocate for the Christian church at large. Luke wrote that Barnabas sold land that he had and gave all the proceeds to the whole Christian church that they may be established in community and benefit one another. And again, this wasn't just some small donation to Barnabas, because since he had land, that tells us that he was probably pretty wealthy. And so that was a large sacrifice for Barnabas to advocate for the Christian community as a whole. And then later, Barnabas was an advocate for Paul whenever Paul converted to Christianity. And of course, we know of Paul. Paul previously killed Christians as a leader of Judaism. But by the grace of God, Paul had an amazing conversion experience. And so you could imagine when Paul came to the 12 disciples and told them, hey, I have faith now, I'm on your side the disciples were probably a little bit skeptical. But who was there as an advocate to the Twelve on behalf of Paul? Barnabas was. And eventually, through Barnabas's advocacy, the Twelve found fellowship with Paul. And in our text from Acts 11 today, Barnabas was an advocate alongside Paul for those Christians in Judea who were suffering from a famine. For those Christians in Judea had little to nothing to eat. Barnabas and Paul delivered not only food for their belly, but also food for their soul amidst trying and difficult circumstances. And they continued their work of preaching repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And then in Acts 15, at the Christian church's first great big theological council in Jerusalem, Barnabas advocated for the gospel mission to be spread to the Gentiles too, instead of just to the Jewish people, which was previously happening. Barnabas and Paul recounted their acts towards the council about their missionary journeys together and the signs and the wonders that God had worked in the Gentiles to demonstrate that God was indeed working faith in them and giving them growth in the faith. Lastly, Barnabas advocated for John Mark. John Mark, or who you probably know as the author of the gospel, Mark, he went with Paul and Barnabas in their missionary journey to the Gentiles. However, Mark left after a while for reasons that aren't really known. 
So right after the Jerusalem Council, when Paul and Barnabas were gearing up for another missionary journey, they had a decision to make. Were they going to bring Mark with them on their missionary journey or not? They were divided on this issue. Paul didn't want to have Mark come on the journey after what had happened the previous time and run the risk of being left a man down in the middle of a missionary journey. However, Barnabas advocated for Mark to join them and go on the journey. Now, this disagreement between Paul and Barnabas ultimately led to them parting ways, unfortunately. Barnabas and Mark went to Cyprus to spread the gospel while Paul took Silas as his missionary partner. And so all these stories of Barnabas in the scriptures show us what kind of Christian hero Barnabas truly was. He, his work as an encourager and an advocate for others in the church, greatly benefited the church, even when there was opposition to some of the things he did and taught. But without Barnabas's advocacy, just imagine, we may have never had Paul's ministry. We may have never had Paul's collection of epistles in the Bible. Because if the 12 apostles didn't put their stamp of approval on Paul, no one in the Christian faith would have received him. And without Barnabas' advocacy, Christians starved from famine may have gone unfed. Without Barnabas' advocacy, the preaching of repentance and the giving of faith may have not expanded to the Gentiles as smoothly and quick a manner. Barnabas is an example of what it means to be truthful in witness and also what it means to be an advocate for one another within Christ's holy church. Now, we aren't all pastors like Barnabas. So what are some other things that we can take away and learn from this hero? We learn that ministry can be messy sometimes. Exhibit A, Paul and Barnabas' sharp disagreement about Mark. But the truth of the matter is, disagreements will arise. And in this case, it wasn't a theological disagreement, thanks be to God. But rather, it was merely a practical one. How do we engage in ministry together? But in this practical disagreement, they never broke fellowship away from each other because they were bonded tightly together by the blood of Christ. Though they disagreed and went their separate ways, I think we can learn something valuable from Barnabas in this example. That we should seek to encourage and be an advocate for our brother and sister in Christ Though maybe at times in the ministry there be a foolish mistake. Because after all, the church isn't a perfect place. Not 
because of us. This isn't a country club for righteous people. It's a hospital for sinners. And here at this hospital, we receive the holy body and blood of Jesus that our sharp disagreements and messy times together as a church may receive true divine healing sourced from this altar. And so we should advocate and encourage one another as Barnabas has done all throughout his life. Why? Because this is actually the action of God as Trinity towards you. The Son of God is an advocate for you right now. He's an advocate for you before the Father's heavenly throne. He is at the right hand of God whispering to the Father about how wonderful you are. Of course, as we all know, there's nothing particularly special or wonderful or loving about us. We're full of sin, full of disagreements with each other, and we're completely fractured from a full relationship with God and each other by our own doings. But by the merits of Christ's suffering and death, the great physician of body and soul gives you the medicine of eternal life here. For here, we receive grace from the advocate, Jesus Christ. He's speaking to the God of all creation in an encouraging way about you. Yes, you. He advocates for you to the Father, not on your account, because of the good deeds that you have done, which we all know are evil, but on his own account, about his deeds, about Christ's deeds, which are truly good. And he gives you the forgiveness of sins and freely gives his mercy as your advocate right now through Christ's sacramental body and blood. For in receiving this gift in a true repentant faith, the Father doesn't see you in your unrighteousness. Rather, he sees the righteousness of his Son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus first became your advocate at the sacrament of holy baptism, which, of course, we celebrated today. That's why I'm here. And now we rejoice with Mariella because she is our sister in Christ. Christ is now her advocate, too. She's been cleansed of her sins. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is deeply embedded into her forehead and heart. Since Christ has redeemed her and washed her clean in the forgiveness of sins, we as a church should advocate and encourage Mariella as a baptized Christian to continue steadfast in the faith which Christ has given her through these very simple means. May our advocate, Jesus Christ, help us to learn and grow 
to be like Barnabas, a source of encouragement and advocacy while preaching repentance and forgiveness, that all the repentance may be led to Christ, the advocate. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.